Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome to Pixels, a show about the gaming industry and games in general where we try to comment on all of this with a little bit of analysis and try to see what's beyond the news. That sounds like a uh, 24 hours news network <laughs> slogan. <laughs> Reach beyond the news. <laughs> that lovely laughter you're hearing is that of James who's with me again uh, for this show. Welcome back, James. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, how have you? How are you? How was your Easter? That kind of stuff. It, it was. It was nice. It was nice. Uh, a few people might have heard on other shows that my dad wasn't feeling great, and uh, thanks to the wonders of modern medicine, he's uh, a lot better. He's back to full speed almost. So it was a great Easter gift. That's um, awesome. The the resurrection of my dad. <laughs> um and uh how was your easter james it was nice yeah got my family back together um first time back in the uk for a while um the, the whole family got together it's like i think maybe the whole family down in the southeast maybe 10 of us together first time mm. in maybe 10 years that has happened it was really so cool. the, the the question that comes to my mind immediately is was there any big drama family drama during the easter weekend where everyone's cooked up for three days um did you uh, manage to no you don't do that in your family i i can't think of i mean my grandmother is kind of losing it a little bit so i would maybe <laughs> say there but nothing major i don't think no okay i have to say it was it we don't have dramas in my family either i guess we we have sane we're one of the few people with sane families yeah <laughs> All right, but we're not here to talk about uh, Easter or our families. We're here to talk about video games. Yeah. And um, there was a Nintendo Direct last week, which we're going to go into details about in a little bit here. But then there's also a number of uh, different pieces of news, uh, one related to Nintendo with Angry Joe, who's a YouTuber who's had it with Nintendo's mm -hmm. policy, which uh, I, I want to discuss. There's a number of other things. Mobius Final Fantasy, which is a mobile game I had never really paid attention to, or, if I'm honest, been, you know, heard about uh, until now. I, I want to talk about that, a bunch of other things, and then a bunch of delays uh, and um, other announcements that we'll get into as well. But for now, Nintendo Direct... Are you ready to bask into the awesomeness of Nintendo and Satoru Iwata? I am. And let's go. Uh, Nintendo Direct are always a little bit weird, but I've come to, to like them for what they are. Initially, I was, you know, belittling Nintendo for that strange 
custom and and weird video production value and all of that but now it's kind of almost endearing um yeah yeah it's kind of cute kind of just you know let's sit down with with the water and and find out what nintendo are doing yeah it's it's really it feels very intimate actually it does absolutely yeah. yeah So, um, a bunch of things uh, that they announced. Uh, first of all, Nintendo 64 and DS titles are coming to the Wii U uh, Virtual Console for about 10 bucks. I think that's a little bit expensive, but they have a good deal for people who already owned those titles on the Wii Virtual Console. Uh, they can buy them again, but for only two bucks. It feels like an okay price for a game that had to have a little bit more development to adapt to the new console. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're, you're, so you're not outraged by that uh, the fact people have to pay again for the same game. I mean, considering that the, the the Wii U gamepad is so different to the Wii, I, I can understand having to pay a little bit for for them to have. To, they've obviously done some work on porting those games, so I, I don't feel outraged by that. I don't think. No. Yeah, it feels I, like a couple of. It's if anything, it's the the ten dollars for that game which seems excessive, whereas the two to buy it again seems to me at least reasonable. But. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. Um, Mario Maker, are you looking forward to Mario Maker? Um, yes, I think I think I'm I'm looking forward to what people are going to do with it. I mean, I don't think I'll make anything with it because I'm not that kind of person. But I'm looking forward to people making the whole of Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers again in yeah. Mario Maker, that kind of thing. It's uh, for those who don't know, Mario Maker are is uh, a game where you can um, create your own Mario levels, and you can switch between all the different aesthetics of all the different Mario games from Super Mario Bros. One, uh, Brothers One, to uh, basically New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Um, I think the big challenge. So it's going to be available in September. We finally have a, a solid date, um, and I think the big challenge for Nintendo is going to be to keep the levels uh, from being completely uh, overridden with giant penises everywhere. But <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what was the other... I think that... What was it? There was something that you, they did the whole... the same kind of thing with. There was another Nintendo game which came off the DS and Wii U earlier last year, which did the same kind of thing. And I think they basically said, just do whatever you want with it. Really? I think so. so. Hmm. That doesn't sound very Nintendo-like. It doesn't, but... now that I'm saying it. I'm, I'm sure there is a, a reporting system and there, there yeah. may be, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Uh, I'm, I, I guess like you, I'm probably not going to sit down and create incredible Mario levels, but it does feel a little bit like it's going to be used mainly to create impossible levels. Um, yeah. the, the, what they were showing in it were like these crazy difficult levels with 15 different cannons and, you know, uh, uh, flying uh koopas everywhere and it was I, i'm i'm curious but i'm wondering if the it's it's a case where the idea is actually cooler than the 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 implementation not the implementation but the the actual result uh, i think i'd agree with that yeah um the idea of being able to make own mario levels is definitely something cool for people that have grown up on mario but I don't think it's going. I think it's definitely a. This is going to the Mario fans. It's a nostalgia thing. We want you to make your own Super Mario yeah. Brothers game, but it's not going. It's not like this is the next Mario project. I yeah. think it's very much a niche thing they're going for there. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I've been saying for months now that Nintendo's 
games are the best they've ever been and their game design prowess is unparalleled and not everyone can you know what makes nintendo games good is not the fact that they have a, a mario level editor it's their game design skills so yeah. not everyone has those skills but you know what maybe we we see incredible things with mods and uh and the the indie scene in general and That's things true. like uh minecraft and you know so yeah. maybe we'll see incredible things on mario maker as well it's possible i mean i wouldn't say that i don't expect i wouldn't say i expect to see them but it's definitely something that could happen um, Mario Kart 8 is seeing a couple of updates. One we were expecting, it's the DLC Pack 2, uh, mm -hmm. the Animal Crossing DLC Pack, which will get, you know, racers, vehicles, courses, all of that. And um, the Mario Park Kart, not Mario Park, which is <laughs> different things, um, has been acclaimed for being a, a an excellent value for DLC. It was, I believe... Uh, Maybe not the very first time Nintendo dove into DLC, but at least the them. first major time. Yeah. Um, and for eight bucks, you get a very decent amount of content. The, the eight courses, for example, alone are worth uh, a, a good chunk of money. And uh, it's coming a little bit earlier than we expected, uh, April 23rd. Um, so as I was saying, for eight bucks in the U.S., and there are more Amiibos compatible, whatever. I'm not, you know, it's not my jam. Um, mm -hmm. But there's another uh, side to the update, which surprised me quite a bit. It's the fact that you get, you know, it's the kind of announcement that is pretty silly when you think of it. You're like, but why didn't they do it sooner? But then it's at the same time, it's it's pretty brilliant because it adds a lot to the game. Um, yes. The free upgrade is the new class, so the new speed of carts for um, everyone. Uh, as people who've ever played Mario, uh, Mario Kart know, you have the 50cc, 100cc, and 150ccs. The first one being pretty easy and, and welcoming to, to beginners uh, and to casual players. The, the, the last one being fairly quick and you have to be very good to uh, be able to navigate that, that you know, the, the, the uh, cart in that uh, class. So they're adding the 200cc class, which is you know, it, it, I think it's probably going to be really, really hard, uh, but it adds a lot to the game, right? It's a decent uh, update for everyone. Yeah, I would say that it's definitely then pushing in the direction of maybe more competitive Mario Kart. Because, yeah. I mean, 200cc is definitely fast, and I read somewhere there's them saying, like, maybe they're testing to see how people react to super high-speed racing in the hopes of maybe testing waters for an F-Zero game. Huh. Which would be that cool. would be interesting, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, if you've ever played Mario Kart at 50 CC, it means it's not the real game. Like 150 no. CC is where it's at. Absolutely, so. yeah. And I thought it was very cool that they would um, do it for free. You know, they they could easily have made it part of the DLC pack or something, but it revitalizes the game. Uh, I think for for those who love it, so. Uh, more Amiibos, uh, the Yoshi yarn for Yoshi's Woolly World. Uh, there's a yarn version of an Amiibo. I've said a few times um, what I think about about the Amiibos, so I'm not going to mm -hmm. get back into it. But um, there's a home improvement uh, aspect to the Amiibo universe with Amiibo cards 
or Animal Crossing. So I guess if you're into that, I didn't. I bought Animal Crossing and I didn't really didn't get into it. But yeah, I played are. I think half a week of it, and I said this is going to be a full time job, and I stopped. <laughs> So you're you you don't get it either. I think there's a few of us who don't. Yeah. And I, I try to be very discreet when I say this because I, I think I'm I usually get mauled by the Animal Crossing fans who are like, you just don't get it. It's brilliant. And no, I, mean, I really don't get it. It seems like it's like The Sims. You know, I think you have to be in a certain uh, set of mind where you want to manage a life that's not your own. Like you're just doing. <laughs> Everything I do in Animal Crossing, I could do for myself, and I could do it, and it'd be more productive. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm not saying that games have to be productive. I'm just saying that it feels like I'm doing everyday stuff. Yeah, and and some people love it. Yeah. Um I'm just one, not one of them, I guess. No, me neither. Um. So that Amiibo tap, I have to say just a few words about it. The Amiibo tap is um, you you can tap an Amiibo on the Nintendo Wii U and you get a clip, a video clip of an old Nintendo game at random. It's not like one Amiibo will give you that clip. And it feels like adding functions to that Amiibo thing so that it doesn't lose relevance too quickly, but I don't understand the point of it either. It's almost like Animal Crossing. Maybe someone, you know, if you're a listener and you you see the point of this, uh, Animal Crossing, I, I, I know some people love it, but the Amiibo tap, seeing a 30-second or two-minutes clip of an old Nintendo game, The Greatest Hits, um, and, and by, by tapping your Amiibo on your controller, uh, what? what? Isn't Why? it gameplay, though? As opposed to video clips, isn't it like three-minute snippets of game? Right. Sorry. I mean, I mean, it is games, but you, you're not playing the game. You're just watching a video, right? Oh, is that? Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Maybe, maybe you get. In that case, it would make sense. I guess I didn't. Yeah. According understand. to the Polygon article, it says um, you cannot play the entire game due to a time limit, but another tap of the amiibo will enable you to try another highlighted scene in the game. Oh, okay. In that case, I will take back what I just said. I, in that case, it is kind of sort of fun. You tap in, uh, the, the thing and you get a three-minute bit of an old game that maybe you liked. Okay, I can see that. It's like a jukebo- a random jukebox. Of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think it would be nice if it wasn't randomized sections of the game. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> saying that, now I realize why they're doing it. It's like, say, my Mega Man guy on it has Mega Man 2 then I touch it and it takes me to fight Metal Man and that's three sec- three minutes of that game and I'm like oh that was fun let's try another randomized section uh, I think you you well we're not great at this I thought it was random games for every amiibo uh you are correct yeah, <laughs> yes yeah, yeah games so you, you just design. get a random a random game yeah. and uh for three minutes okay okay that's it's cute it's definitely not a system, you know, an Amiibo seller for me still. I'm, no, me neither. I'm not a friend of the Amiibos, but sure, why not? You've got them lying around. Yeah. Um, Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem. That's sort of a niche thing. Yes. But uh, there was a teaser for that game, and they're both very well-known, especially in Japan, RPGs. And, I mean, Fire Emblem is an uh, uh, 
turn-based uh, strategy game and Shin mm-hmm. Megami Tensei's an uh, RPG. The reason I wanted to mention it is that something struck me when I saw that trailer, which is uh, that teaser, which is pretty cool. You know, it's anime style, uh, as usual with Japanese games. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, the thing that I noticed, though, was that that game, as others, uh, takes place in Japan, in contemporary Japan in Tokyo. And I was struck by the fact that a lot of Japanese games do, um, from the same series, Persona. Uh, Persona is actually a, a side series from Shin Megami Tensei. Um, they're also in modern-day Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it struck me that Western games, I don't think I could put my finger on any Western game that takes place in actual present time reality uh, in in the West. And I don't know, that difference struck me. It's weird to think that we don't have that and the but, Japanese do, but do, do we have games that take place in, you know, the UK or the US? I mean, apart from the, apart from GTA, I can't think of anything either. And I don't even know if I'd say GTA counts because that's in a super like glammed up uh, satirical world, isn't it? Yeah, I, I honestly can't think of anything. No, you're, that's an interesting point. Hmm. I'm I, because I'd love to see that. I'd love to have a yeah. game that takes place in you know in Paris or. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess racing games, but that's not the same thing. Yeah, so, it's kind of different. I mean, th- those those games you actually part portion part of the appeal of those Shin Megami Tensei games is the fact that you are sort of in a, a slightly different version of the real world and and social not even social but the 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 not the universe i don't even know how to put it the the setting is mm-hmm. the real world and and you're right in gta even though it is it is satirical it's uh, it's completely satirical it's you never feel like it feels like a realistic place but it doesn't feel like los angeles it, no. it's not even you know it's los santos it's uh, liberty city all of that mm-hmm. it's not it's never supposed to be the real place so yeah hmm. it's interesting i'm going yeah. to do some more reading about that <laughs> maybe you know again dear listener if you can think of a game um that has a, a contemporary western setting uh, that was created in in the west um and actually that in Japan, it's. I think it started with Shenmue. For those who remember those uh, those Dreamcast games, when James, I'm guess I'm guessing you were still a wee toddler. I'm, um, I've heard of them. I've never played them. <laughs> Shenmue was, I think, 2000, maybe 99, maybe even earlier. It was Dreamcast, okay. and uh, so you were, yeah, you were fairly, yeah, fairly them. young, yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, uh, I don't know why my voice went up like this. But, um, talking about Fire Emblem, uh, Fire Emblem If, uh, the 3DS version, um, is was shown again with a, a trailer. It's um, For the fans of Fire Emblem, I'm sure they're very eager to see that new version. It's um, You create the main character for once. You're not a side uh, character in the main story or a companion character. You are the main character and you have to choose sides and choosing sides will be a key portion of the game and you will not have the same uh, experience depending on which side you choose. And once you make that choice, it's final. 
And if I understand correctly, you will have the ability to buy a DLC that would let you relive the campaign through the other side, which I have mixed feelings about. Uh, but the game is coming in, in America in uh, 2016 at some point. And by America, I'm, I'm, I mean the West, I'm sure they mm -hmm. will uh, do that too. Uh, I'm excited for this. I, I, so my first Fire Emblem game was Fire Emblem Awakening, which I really enjoyed. Came out last year, right? Uh, I think 2013, maybe? Okay. Yeah, 2013. It's fun, and I'm excited. I'm really excited for more. So and do you play it super hardcore with when you die, you're dead? First time through, I didn't, because I didn't want that to put me off it. But when I went through the second time, I did, because I wanted a little bit more of that challenge. Hmm. So Same kind of way as I play XCOM, that kind of thing. Hmm. Do you, so you're, you, you see the value in that? tension and, and stress of making sure you don't lose a single character and do, do you like restart you can't even restart right it saves no. all the time yeah it saves all the time so i i wouldn't say i take the value in the stress i take the value from when i do it well it, mm. that that feeling when you actually succeed and you do fantastically is so good that that it drives from that i don't really i mean the stress is there for sure but the reward part of it is what's great about it Mm. It's coming it's out some, on top. It's it's interesting. I think it's a discussion we've had quite a bit with uh, Bloodborne coming out, and we'll mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit later as well. But I, I don't seem to to get that. I'm mm -hmm. very curious about that aspect of uh, the joy that some people get at, out of those games. But sure. we've said a few times that the the very punishing. Um, the very punishing aspect of games has been around, especially when you had arcade games. Yeah. Um, but it seems the more I, I I read about it and and hear about it, the more it seems that in the case of the Soul series and Bloodborne, it's not really a hard game for the sake of being hard. It's not like the comparison or the 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 reflection. I've heard about a lot is comparing it to Super Meat Boy where it's impossibly hard but it's like actual physical skills that you have to have the 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 skill with your fingers to jump right at the right time and maybe even uh uh, uh something Miami um, Hotline Miami Hotline yes thank you I was yeah. going to say Death Call Miami <laughs> I like that name too. I do too. Um, <laughs> Death Call Miami. Um, but yeah, Hotline Miami, it's kind of the same. You're going to die and you're going to try a million times. In, in those games, uh, possibly Fire Emblem uh, as well, if you do things the right way and if you're being clever about the way you approach things, you're not going to die. It's just about being careful and attentive to what's happening, right? Yeah, so I'm playing through Dark Souls for the first time at the moment, actually, and it's that it is that kind of thing it's like you really feel whenever you die it's not because the game has been unfair it's because you've made a mistake and you can move onwards from that mistake from learning and that's what i get from those games is that i made a mistake i can go back in i can learn what i did wrong and i can improve so yeah right so you know why you died you know yes. you made the mistake and you know you're responsible for that mm -hmm. For that mistake it's not like i guess it's the same in those very hard twitchy arcadey games like super yeah. meat boy or hotline miami but it's it's like even when you know what you have to do you're not always capable of doing them yes. whereas 
right? That's that's the difference, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but then then I do think that hotline I do think hotline Miami and Super Meat Boy are things that if you put enough practice into you can get, but also that they're a very different type of difficulty. I think I actually think the Hotline Miami is a little bit like it's made hard for the sake of being hard mm. as opposed to Super Meat Boy, which is it's made to be hard to be rewarding. Okay. It's it's kind of a murky <laughs> yeah, a murky concept to navigate which type of difficulty is punishing or you know absolutely yeah, yeah. Mm. especially when you're looking across different types of games like platformers and then rpgs and turn-based strategies there's so many different things that can go into it that it can be such you know, like a little muddy uh world to get into yeah well so bloodborne since we're talking about it um last time we'll get back to nintendo in a second but last time i was saying that i i really didn't get what the uh, uh the, the point of it was, even with all the promos and all the uh, uh, previews and everyone talking about it, uh, and since then it's been released, and I think I've rarely seen such raving reviews uh, mm-hmm. about about a game. Everyone says it's an, a, a truly excellent incarnation of that series. Um, and so I'm I'm waving the white flag as a good French person, and I'm <laughs> actually gonna get it. I, it's coming. Uh, it's getting here tomorrow. I ordered it. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm um, I'm gonna get it, and we'll see what happens. And I guess I'll report on the feeling. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And I also pre-ordered Mortal Kombat uh, X, Ooh. by the way. So I've I've. Uh, I've broken down for these <laughs> two. Uh, back to the Nintendo Direct, Attack on Titan. Uh, have you ever watched that anime? It's been, I have, yes. Yeah. What do you think of it? I'm not going to say what I think of it, but... Uh, I don't, so I'll start off by saying I'm not the biggest anime fan. I've only watched like three or four series. I do like the idea, but I haven't watched a whole lot. Um, I think it's all right. I think it, it's very much one of those things just like, like The Walking Dead or uh, Game of Thrones, like everyone you like is going to die. So when so when you go into it, it's like, you know, you understand that. And I don't think it was very... I think that maybe kind of detached from the series a bit. I think I think it was okay. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I wouldn't say I hated it either. It was all right. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I, I had the same... Um, I, my expectations were high because it's super popular. If you haven't... Yeah. If you've never heard about Attack, Attack on Titan, it's one of the most popular anime from the past... I think it started three or four years ago. Uh, it really gained a lot of steam in the past couple... Uh, well, three years. Um, and it, it's one of the most popular anime uh, there is. Um, so my expectations, my expectations were really high. And it's not that it was bad. It's that I thought it didn't... It asked so many questions and answered so few of them, at least in... I guess I watched the first season or the first series. And I was frustrated that it didn't... Because the world they're building is interesting. There's a lot of... Uh, um, I, I think I would, in some respects compare it to the the paramount example of asking questions and not answering them which is the tv series lost yeah um I can and see that. I, sure yeah right um yeah so i felt the same kind of frustration there but 
Anyway, so it's coming out as a game uh, called Humanity in Chains, and um, it's got uh, a solo campaign, but I think the main um, element of it is a local or online co-op game. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's released in May. And uh, for people who love the anime, I'm guessing they're interested, and not many other people will be. But Yeah. Um, I was actually, when I was watching it, I thought that it looked just like Monster Hunter. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Interesting, because that there's no other games like that, is there? It's interesting to see that Monster Hunter has reached that point of of success that other people are making Monster Hunter esque games. Oh yeah, there's well, there's a ton of Monster Monster Hunter clones. Um, oh, is there? Oh yeah, there is. Um, oh. oh god, there's there's. I guess it's Dragon's Dogma, kind of. Um, yeah, no, there's there's a ton of them. There's Dragon's... Uh, I can't remember if Dragon's Dogma is one of them, but uh, Tokiden, I think. There's... Okay. uh Ah, oh, the thing, Delta. Uh, God Eater. There's... I mean, they're not very popular in, in the West. Okay. Um, some of them came out, but... Oh, there's there is at least five of them, and I'm blanking oh, okay. on all of them now, but... Um, I had no God idea. Eater and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, Monster Hunter is only now gaining a little bit of uh, popularity in the West. That's it's true. been known for a long time, but not a lot of people have been playing it. And with Monster yeah. Hunter 4 Ultimate, some people are are getting interested. But, it's you know, it's kind of one of those games. Uh, almost the difficulty is yet another. It's obtuse. It's an obtuse game. And by everyone's account, you have to put in, like... 10 hours into the game to start getting into it and getting yeah. something back. And uh, I'm That's not... That's not for me. Yeah, not for me either. I've tried it because it's... The people who who love it talk about it with such love and such passion. Um, I, I, I was thinking, I want some of that. You know, I yeah. want to experience that. And I just... I tried a few times the demos and the ones where people were saying, well, this one is a little bit easier. It's still Monster Hunter, but it's, you know, easier to get into and still it didn't. Did you try Monster Hunter? I haven't yet. I do think I'm going to go pick it up. Um, but I think it's one of those games that I want to make sure I have people to play it with first yes. and then pick it up. Same mm-hmm. with like something like uh, Armor or something that's so niche and hardcore. I want to have those that support network to play with before I go in because I know that if I buy it and I don't have that I won't enjoy the game. I think that's that might be an issue uh, one of the reasons why I'm not enjoying those games as much because I in my old age I I don't be really have many friends who still play I mean and and I, well I I could find people to play with but it's never at the right time it's never mm-hmm. super convenient and so mm-hmm. I end up playing mostly alone. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I was I was convinced uh, that I would enjoy Mortal Kombat X because or ten because it's got a very uh, big focus on the single player campaign. So um, maybe that's part of the reason playing Monster Hunter like games alone is not as fun. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, Puzzle and Dragons Z and Super Mario Edition are coming out for thirty bucks. Uh, on May 22nd, but in only a few weeks, you'll be able to try the demo uh, on April 30th. Um, have you ever played Puzzle and Dragons? It's come out on uh, on uh, mobile devices in the West, I think, a year yeah. ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a Connect uh, 5 game? Connect 3? I don't remember what the genre is Connect called. however much you can. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's all right. I, and I was actually, the person I was watching 
this with we spoke about it and i would i would definitely pick this up over the ios version if i'm going to be totally honest it's you know the thing is it's the the 3ds version is pay once whereas the ios version is very much uh yeah exactly so yeah Um, it's not a free-to-play game it's the well the the ios version is a free-to-play game exactly the energy and stuff well this is a yeah i think i'm definitely going to try the demo it's sure. the kind of little thing. You know, I've had a weird a weird inkling for free-to-play games recently. It's very strange. Not even, you know, the good free-to-play games where <laughs> you can think that, you know, the MOBAs or those like the the weird little iOS games. I've downloaded mm-hmm. uh, Summoner, Summoner's Wars or Summoner Wars on, on iOS, which is this mix between Pokemon and... Candy Crush Saga almost. It's a Pokemon-like oh. game, but it's written with the most horrendous, not the most horrendous, but pretty horrendous uh, free-to-play uh, uh, mm-hmm. reminders and pop-ups. And and I'm not really playing it. I, I gave up. But, I, but then I saw the... Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I saw the, the, the ad for Clash of Clans with Lime oh. Neeson. Yeah. And I reinstalled Clash of Clans and I'm like... I might want to play it a little bit. I don't know why. I don't, you know, I don't even like those games all that much, but they're just just a little bit easy, a little bit mindless. There's, yeah. I don't know. There's something about getting that notification saying like, hey, your city's ready. To be like, yeah. oh, yeah, my city. Is it, I don't, yeah, it's kind of like, it's that little like addiction to push notifications saying, hey, you did something good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I agree with you totally. And uh, and actually, the the asynchronous aspect of it, it, I also adore. It relates probably to the fact that I don't have people to play with anymore or less. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to be there to do the multiplayer thing. It, yeah. The asynchronous. So you set up your base, and then it gets attacked, or then you attack someone else's base who was set up, but you don't have to be connected at the same time. Of course, I get those experiences as well in other ways. I mean, I've been playing Hearthstone like crazy and other games as well, but. There's something more relaxing about the, the asynchronous, which, by the way, I've always thought that the street pass aspect of the 3DS was one of the most genius and under-celebrated aspects of, of the 3DS. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful uh, addition to the mobile gaming uh, toolset. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they've added new street pass games. Uh, one of them is a fishing game called Ultimate Angler. And another one is zombie thing called Battleground Z. Um, they're Which, available. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say Battleground Z is the most unoriginal <laughs> name for a zombie game I've ever heard. Well, it is a street pass game, so That's it's just true. you know yeah. me's running around and. But yeah, it's true. Ultimate Angler is not you know the height of originality either. That's true. Um, and so they have a, a Me Plaza Premium uh, DLC, so it's a VIP thing. I don't really know. I guess some people spend a lot of time on the Me Plaza on, on their 3DS. Um, I do a little bit, but it's it it can become sort of a, an entire game onto itself. Maybe you know what? Maybe that's one of the core elements of their mobile offering that's coming in in a year or so. Um, the the Mi Plaza kind of easy little games and you get street passes, which you can do now with a lot of yeah. mobile phones. So hmm. Yeah. 
and I reckon that and going back to what we were talking about oh, Animal Crossing earlier, I reckon that's the same kind of crew. People like Animal yeah. Crossing and the Mii Plaza and Tamadachi Life, which I totally forgot was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's little maintenance games. Yeah. It's not even like gameplay games, it's maintenance. It's that aspect of the thing that is appealing. And you know what? Now that now you've said that, it's the same kind of thrill that you that I was saying about getting those push notifications and going in and tending yeah. the village. Different ways of getting it, but the same kind of thing. It's like you have this set like ten minutes where you go and take care of your village, or you go and take care of your Animal Crossing house. And I think with the Street Pass, the the uh, the thing that's really cool about it is that you know it's a real person yes. behind that notification. You you sort of and they've done it pretty well with the um, with the regions and the you know the different locations you you get people from. Mm-hmm. And I like the 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 knowledge that you you've come across someone from whatever you know Japan or Korea or the other side of the world or Montreal and mm-hmm. like I, at some point during my day during the last couple of hours i walked by someone who came from there and who had their 3ds in their in their pocket there's a weird feeling of community that that emanates from this yeah it's super cool taking them to conventions with you yeah 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 it's um and i you know i'm curious why more people more manufacturers haven't taken advantage of that concept it feels to me like this is a gold mine of of gameplay not even gameplay but game design uh mm-hmm. waiting to be unlocked but um anyway th- those games will be available on april 16 and they'll cost five dollars each which Seems like a lot, a lot of, money. of money, but uh, yeah. But you know, most a lot of people who play Clash of Clans or those horrible things probably paid more money. Than oh yeah. Um, anything else you want to mention about the Nintendo Direct? Uh, I can't think of anything. Um, I oh I, I will I will say that I thought Splatoon looks like fun, and, yeah, and that Yoshi's Woolly World looks like fun as well. But apart from that, not really anything mm. that stood. I mean, it kind of felt like they were the stuff they were saying. While it seemed really good, I didn't think there was anything super amazing that stood out to me. Mm, yeah. But it it was fun, and I do think that I'm looking forward to some of the stuff that's coming out from them this year. Okay. Um, yeah, there are a bunch of indie things like uh, Octodad yeah. and uh, Don't Starve. Not together. It's just the giant edition coming to uh, Wii U. Um, and Box Boy looks like a weird platform puzzler which you might I be interested that looked in like the game i used to play on my calculator which was <laughs> it was called like box guy or something and it was oh. very similar i oh, maybe, maybe it's impi- inspired because maybe. box guy and box boy yeah um there's a new fatal frame uh yoshi's yoshi's woolly world as you said um and uh, mewtwo is coming to super smash brothers um and lucas and there's a bunch of you know it's dlc as well and you can Mm -hmm. buy it individually for each version of the game or you can buy it at at a quote-unquote reduced price um that's kind of the more Slightly more shady side of the Nintendo DLC. As as good as they are with Mario Kart, I'm not as happy with the fact that... I mean, just give it to, to both versions for one price. Uh, I think if you own both Wii U and 3DS versions of the game, you get Mewtwo for free, actually. Oh, that's right. That's right. For, for a certain amount of time. 
or you can yeah. buy it or maybe lucas you get yeah it's i think it's you can you should you pay for it if you own um if you buy it later but in the beginning you get mewtwo for free yeah i i think so um yeah yeah it's it's just the idea that uh at least for lucas uh the other character i think it's lucas um you know the fact that you can um Right, so the fighter, uh, I'm reading the, the article, it's available on either platform for four bucks or on both for five. So it's just one buck, but just for that, uh, so if you had registered both versions of the game before Ma March 31st, uh, you'll get Mewtwo um, um, early on both versions for free. Um, so, you know, that's that's cool, but... It's just that the fact you, you pay for it. If you bought Super Smash Bros. on 3DS mm -hmm. and on Wii U, um, you know, you, you already proved your allegiance to, to, you know, the Nintendo gods for, for a hefty amount of money. I don't mm -hmm. see how having you shell out an extra buck to get your, your character that you're, you know, buying already to get it on the other version of the game that you're mm -hmm. also playing anyway, I don't see how that is viable from a from a commercial... Well, commercial, of course, you're getting an extra buck if you're Nintendo, mm -hmm. but I think it's, it's a little bit of a sore yeah. feeling when you have to pay for it, right? Although, while I agree with that, I also think that if I only owned it on the 3DS and I was paying the same price for a character which I wasn't going to get access to, if that makes sense, I might be a little I, bit sore as well. I I think mm. both sides should be sore. Okay, uh, so I guess you're saying you're saying if you only have one version, you're allowed to pay just you know a buck less for getting the character on the version you own. Yeah. Okay, that's I I could see that. I'm not convinced, but I I hear your your argument. It yeah. makes sense. Okay. All right. Um. And, Enough with Nintendo. Let's talk about other things. Oh, wait. Still Nintendo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a pretty famous YouTuber called um, Angry Joe mm -hmm. who posted a rant about a takedown he got for a video he made of Mario Party. And um, Mario Party 10, which he paid for and... All of that uh, got taken down because it's, you know, Nintendo's horrendous YouTuber, you know, YouTube policy. Um, he's got about 2 million subscribers, so he's a pretty big deal. And he explained that he was sick of this and he, you know, he basically yelled at Nintendo for wanting to monetize uh, the free advertising that he's doing for them and after he has already paid a lot of money to get the game and the console and the controllers and all of that and um while i agree with so let me ask you what did you think of this i have reservations and mixed feelings about this but what did you think of of his uh his outburst so i think that that he is Fully, I fully agree that he should be able to say like, "Hey, putting up copyright claims and uh, is especially doesn't go with fair fair use. That's kind of messed up." But then I also agree that Nintendo should have the right to say, "Hey, we don't really want you using our stuff." I think, especially considering that's a copyright strike on his uh, 
if he had chosen to leave it up, that would be a copyright strike on his YouTube account hurting yeah. him. Uh, I'm, I don't know wh- whose side I'd be on. I, I think I agree with him, but it's murky. It's muddy mm. without knowing the- what's going on. So the thing, the thing that I was that I have reservations about, I, so I think he he also admits and you know says very clearly, whatever Nintendo, it's your rights, you can do whatever you want. It's completely from a legal standpoint, it's fine. But he insists a lot on the fact that he is providing free advertisement and you know uh, recommendations on Nintendo's uh, behalf, which is completely. Mm-hmm. Accurate, and this is mm-hmm. why all of the other companies are choosing not to exercise their their arguably right uh, to take down videos of gameplay. Um, and he's likening it to the idea that Nintendo would ask him for money when he would tell uh, his friends, "Hey, you should try this game; it's really cool." He was like, "And then I have to turn around and give a buck to Nintendo for yeah. making that recommendation." So. I understand his frustration and why mm-hmm. he would see it like that. However, what and not only do I understand it, I absolutely think Nintendo's policy on this is horrendous. And yes. I think they're hurting themselves like nobody's business with this policy. Yes. However, what he never mentions once about this whole affair is that he is actually making money on that content he's producing. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Nintendo is coming and saying, hey, if you if you want to advertise our game... Um, I, I mean, it's not like he's not making money, I guess is my point. He's mm-hmm. using Nintendo's property um, and providing visibility and advertising and all of this, but he's also making money. And what Nintendo sure. is saying... We want a cut of that money that you're getting for creating content that you could not have created without our uh, our uh, work. And their way of doing it, I think, is detrimental, very clumsy. But on a theoretical standpoint, it's compl- I think it's completely understandable that they, they are yes. saying, we want a cut of that. Now, it gets even murkier because they have that weird creator's partner program where for some games you can create content and get it you know they get a cut and you get a bigger cut of of the advertising revenue but some of the games are excluded from that program and it's Mm -hmm. the case of mario party 10 basically all of the big games they get all the money anyway so i think there is definitely some at least some tuning if not some you know some having Nintendo listen to reason in, in all of this. But again, I, I really wanted to point out the fact that he never, I think it's because he doesn't really understand it himself. He is making money with this. So it's not as unfair as he's putting it that Nintendo is asking for a cut of that money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. In theory, it makes sense why they're upset, why Nintendo's upset. It's like, hey, we're making stuff, you're using it, we think we deserve a little bit of cash. But then, I would say that they're getting advertising out of it. They're getting, I would say that it should balance out. I do yeah. think there's definitely some, some. well, I think there needs to be some actual legal stuff which says this is how this works. And because and, it's all very wishy-washy right now. Yeah. 
and also I think that that Nintendo and YouTubers need to understand how they affect each other. Properly. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, for it, the case of Let's Play videos is very murky because in the case of a review or, you know, an opinion piece, it's, I think there's no question that this is a fair use, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, a fair use of the game. If you're going to comment on it or uh, review it, of course, you need to be able to use footage from the game. Um, a, a Let's Play video is not comment or anything. It's just you playing the game as it is so yeah it doesn't sound like commentary the, the cases of fair use you know transformative work mm-hmm. or commentary all of those it doesn't get into that category and for most developers or most publishers they look at this and say yes maybe we, sh- we could ask for a little bit of money but the advertisement we're getting out of it more than outweighs the money we would get from the the views so we see it as an investment and Actually, uh, they a lot of them actually pay YouTubers to talk about their games. So it's a completely different view of it. And I really don't think that for the bottom line, Nintendo's view is the right one. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Final Fantasy Mobius. Um, so that's a game I had, as I was saying, not really heard of before. Um, I've heard it in passing mentioned here and there, but I didn't realize what it was. And this article about the sexiness of the main character alerted me to it. And, you know, being the um, the egalitarian gender social justice warrior that I am, I, I clicked on the, on the link. Um, and so before I get into the game itself, which is really cool, um, or, or which seems like it could be pretty cool, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get my, my quick rant out of the way. Um, basically, it was a presentation by Square Enix that happened a few days ago where it was an hour and a half or an hour presentation and maybe 30 seconds of it were dedicated to that aspect where the main hero had one outfit where the, his sides were uh, bare. So it was very revealing. It's a, a male character, and it was very revealing. And they they explained that um, after they first introduced the game, they got a lot of feedback, and they reviewed the the design and decided to make it less revealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were, you know, the 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 people on the panel that was presenting it were sort of giggling, and and uh, the girl was hiding her eyes like, uh, "Ooh, mm-hmm. it's really sexy, isn't it?" And uh, <laughs> it's it was a little bit too much. We overdid it. Um, and of course, you know, it, it was what what struck me was the fact that in in uh, for a female character, they do uh, you know Japanese designers mm-hmm. and Western designers, but especially J- Japanese designers do a lot worse, quote unquote, worse for a female character, and mm-hmm. no one bats an eye. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's completely accepted. So it was interesting that you know it's like see when people do it for a male character, it's weird. So mm-hmm. why is it not weird for a female character? And of course, I know why, but it was just interesting mm-hmm. to point out. I'm looking at the picture they have of of the character in the in this uh, polygon piece. I think it's hilarious, isn't it? But yeah. you know, the the weird thing is that it does it does seem weird to me as well. It's like yeah. he has a on on his torso, the front is covered, but his entire side is is it's almost it's not. I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like a monokini that has a side of it yeah. there or something. And and it is definitely weird. It looks 
strange. And even to me, you know, it's not like I'm I'm going to say, oh, this is this is how it should be, or it just looks a bit strange. And it's funny how yeah. ingrained in our society it is that for for the male character, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Whereas for female characters, it's like it makes me feel because I care about that issue. It's like we mm -hmm. shouldn't do it. It's it's you know it's disrespectful. Here it's like whoa, uh, what is this? But yeah, it's really it. To me, it seems like if you were to ask someone that had never seen like a leotard or something, draw me a leotard, and that is what they'd make. Wait, wait what's a leotard? Like a you know what uh, gymnastic um, people wear, like those okay. skin, like like uh, Robin, I guess wears. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's. I've just googled it. It's a little bit like that, but even more revealing. Yeah, um, but it's it's, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. And uh, actually, the, the, the guy is quite attractive. He's very muscu mus muscular. He's very muscular. <laughs> I would say he um, looks kind of... He looks very Japanese male, yeah. though. He looks he looks almost androgynous of course, in his face. Yeah. yeah. And he's, you know, he's a Japanese uh, Final Fantasy hero, so... Yes. Um, but anyway, so after my initial, you know, uh, social justice warrior shock, mm -hmm. um, I, I got into the video and uh, it, it, I got really interested because it is an RPG, a Final Fantasy, you know, they're all different, but it is a Final Fantasy title um, for mobile, specifically designed for mobile. And the first thing that struck me is the fact that they've designed it from the get-go to be used um, uh, vertical uh, huh. as, you know, um, how do you call it? Por in portrait mode. So your phone is going to be used in portrait mode, not in, um, in, in landscape mode. And that already is like, that's genius. It is, absolutely. <laughs> I hate holding my phone landscape to play games. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's really a, a tiny thing where you're like, but why haven't we been doing this from the beginning? If yeah. you're going to make a game for, for mobile, then design it from the beginning for the way that you're using it on one hand when you're on mm -hmm. the subway or something. And um, So I thought that was pretty cool from the beginning. Uh, it has a job system. The, the people who play Final Fantasy will understand what that means. It's usually one of the uh, uh, systems that basically you can change quote-unquote jobs which are roles or classes and you get the different abilities that go with it uh bravely default was the one that brought this system from final fantasy mm -hmm. 3 i think it brought it back to the people's consciousness and it's a very beautiful title it looks amazing it was uh, shown on an iphone uh, 6 plus and on an ipad air Two, uh, but they did say it would run on older hardware as well, and they demonstrated it. Um, it's it's super beautiful. It's a command RPG, what they call a command RPG. Basically, you do one touch to attack, and then you accumulate some sort of points, different types of points, like different colors, and you can use them uh, to to use your abilities that have special properties. Um, so it's a very the the UI and the the command scheme definitely look that they're like they're um, designed with mobile very much from the get go. So I I have this sort of hope that this is going to be a core gamers game RPG on mobile that will be um, that could work and that could be a, a big game for core gamers on on mobile. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, 
I mean, I don't think I'll play it because I'm not that <laughs> big in. I'm not that big into JRPGs. If I'm going to be completely mm. honest, they they just don't necessarily drive with the way I like to play my games. But I do like the idea, and it, and hopefully this will show us like the kind of thing that we'll see from mobile games in the future, especially with like this will open up the door with uh, what Nintendo wants to do with with DNA and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, I think it's it's a, there's a little bit of that. It's sort of a it's the first time that I've seen um, a game. How can I put it? It's the first time I've seen a, a mobile game where I've thought I've I've gotten the same kind of interest as I would for a regular game. Um, it's it's so of course it's Final Fantasy and and mm-hmm. again I. Finalist Fancy is a series that has stumbled for, for a long time. So it's not like it's a guaranteed, it's not at its past glory by any means. It's not a guaranteed, uh, uh, you know, uh, success or even quality title. But for this kind of game, from what we've seen, there, there, there's a lot more in the Japanese uh, uh, Twitch stream that they made. But from mm-hmm. what we've seen there, it looks like the kind of game that I could pay... A, a hefty chunk of money for because yeah. it feels like a, a real game, right? It's not yeah. what we were saying earlier. It's not a Clash of Clans or that kind no. of silly little maintenance it game. It looks it's... like a polished AAA game. Mm. Yeah. So if you haven't looked at it, um, go and go and check it out. Uh, Mobius Final Fantasy in Japanese. It's uh, so in in English it's M O B I U S. Uh, in Japanese, it's actually M E V I U S. So you might get more um, videos with the Japanese version of the name. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a release date. They were saying it would be out in um, in the spring 2015, but they are delaying it because obviously it's now spring and it's not out. <laughs> um, but it's you know it's it's I'm hopeful about this title. So Let's see. Um, YouTube might be relaunching its live streaming service and uh, they might be doing it in a way that would uh, chase Twitch, which I'm very much welcoming of. Yep, I will welcome welcome, uh, competition in that market for sure. Competition and then I'd love for them to re- you know, to re-engineer their live service because honestly it's kind of a mess. You have to create the event beforehand and then connect to it and and you can't just push a button and start streaming so is uh, there is there anything like that for streaming now i mean apart from twitch i can't think of anything that lets you live does you is Ustream still around um Ustream is still around but they have i believe uh for most users you need a, a subscription Okay. Um, and you have other Twitch-like competitive, you know, Twitch-like services. There's Hitbox.tv. There's GamingLive.something. Um, there's a bunch of them, but none of them really is a serious competition. The, of course, YouTube would have an instant giant footprint. Yeah, that, I mean, just uh, for field. just for things that aren't gaming, because obviously Twitch yeah. and Hitbox are for gaming only. Yeah, that they YouTube should get out there then, because that's a market that they should get into. No, absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to it for for games, but mm-hmm. also for other things because yeah. there you're right. There's no 
convenient uh, streaming solution for anything that is not games. Because for Twitch, if you do something that's not gaming related, you can get reported and booted from the service. Mm -hmm. They're dedicated to gaming, so. Yeah. Talking about streaming, OnLive is no more. Um, OnLive was the uh, first cloud gaming service that would stream the video of your games. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it, it was at the time pretty groundbreaking technology. Uh, they've sold all assets and patents to Sony, who, of course, has been uh, pushing its PlayStation Now service, uh, to which they've just added uh, Uncharted 3, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. It, so it's, it's out in beta, by the way, in, in the UK. Have you, have you tried it? I know you I don't have, have a PlayStation 4. Not yet. No. Do you have a PlayStation 3? I do not. Okay. You Luddite. Well, <laughs> I guess you're a PC person, so... Yeah. Uh, it's I, the, oh, everyone else is a Luddite. <laughs> um, I honestly thought OnLive had gone away ages ago. <laughs> well, the, the problem with OnLive was the, the, the fact that they couldn't get the deal to create a subscription service. Yeah. Um, as we've seen with many... In many instances, uh, that kind of cloud gaming service is only viable if you because buying the games for something like this, um, they go away after if the game if the service ever disappears, you lose everything. As is mm-hmm. the case for for OnLive, by the way, the three people who who still had <laughs> you know data there are losing everything uh, in about you know a month. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was the same with uh, what was it NBA. 2K14, which is shutting down its services, and all of the, um, uh, I can't remember which mode it is, but uh, the 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 special team mode or of whatever is disappearing yeah. with the servers getting shut down. So I think the only way, and well, the only way it can work is if you have a subscription, but also it's a way it works great because you can, it's an all you can eat type of service and of course Absolutely. on live didn't work out because none of the publishers wanted to put their games on another platform because it wasn't big enough it didn't have the the oomph to to convince them obviously it's a very different so- story mm-hmm. with uh, with sony and playstation now could become a lot more successful and i'm guessing that you know i'd be surprised if it didn't hear an announcement about microsoft doing something similar uh, yeah. at e3 so I wonder if OnLive would have been more successful if the internet infrastructure in places like the US was better as well, though. It's possible. Um, I think the the subscription is is the key. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, what everyone wants is a Netflix for games. That's exactly what people want. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And that's PlayStation Now. Yep. Um, and, uh, last piece of news before we dive into game announcements and, uh, delays that fill us with, uh, with sorrow, um, there, there's for the first time a tipping of the scales for TV advertising, um, for free-to-play games, as opposed to regular console or even PC games, uh, yeah. meaning that, um, the free-to-play games like Age of War and mm-hmm. uh, and Clash of Clans are spending more money than traditional quote-unquote companies, and so I have thoughts about this. I'm I mm-hmm. think I could guess why that is, but I'm curious if you um, could you know 
explain, you know, if you have an explanation for this, because it is weird. It doesn't seem like the behemoths that have been around for 20 or 30 years are yeah. getting outspent on advertising. So, for, so I will say that I, I the, when I was home for the weekend, I saw maybe 10 adverts for Game of War and maybe 10 adverts <laughs> for Clash of Clans on the TV, which is amazing. But I actually listened to a report. I don't remember who did it the other day, but a report which explained why this happens. Oh, okay. So maybe you have the actual answer as opposed to my theory. And so what it is, is that free-to-play games work off uh, acquisition, user acquisition. So say you have 10 people. Say there's me, you, and then eight other people, and I've played Clash of Clans, for, and I've put in my $10 to get to where I want to be. I, once I've spent that amount of money, I'm never going to spend that amount of money again. So they have to, but because they're free to play, they need to get those people in and get them addicted to the game. It's the same kind of way of getting people into casinos. You need to be constantly acquiring mm. uh, market share. So the first market they go for is obviously the iOS stores, and then they go for uh, Facebook, and they go for YouTube, and then they need to get into different markets. It's why we had the Liam Neeson uh, Smash, uh, Smash Bowl, uh, Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> i like smash ball i do I too <laughs> what was it uh the, the the hotline miami thing i did death goal miami yes death goal miami and smash ball ads <laughs> i think that's brilliant so because people at the super bowl probably haven't played those free-to-play games so they show them that advert people that watch tv aren't playing those free-to-play games they just need to get into every little market as possible and because of the amount of money they make i mean I know that Clash of Clans makes millions of dollars. I mean, if you consider 300 people play it a day and they spend, uh, say 300 people and they spend $10, that's $3,000 a day. And they're making no new content. They make so much money. They can afford massive adverts. Mm. So it's, Yeah, it, acquisition definitely makes sense. Um, <laughs> I think... So my, my theory was somewhat along the same lines. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking that ad would work for ads would work for those games because the type of people who play those games mm -hmm. are people who aren't really interested in games to begin with absolutely and they that's the only way they're going to hear about it mm -hmm. and they're more you know they're more likely to look at the ad and just go and download it and not be informed about anything about the game sure um, whereas people who play more traditional core games are probably, first of all, they, they will have heard about it anyway, uh, if it's that big. I don't think anyone who plays games has not heard about Clash of Clans mm -hmm. or Age of War and um, or Game of War, Fire Age, whatever it is. <laughs> and Which, by the way, the ad for Clash of Clans with Liam Neeson is brilliant. The mm -hmm. one for, a, for Game of War is wants me to want make makes me want to pull my hair out yeah it's it's, it's, so it's terrible it's it yeah. uh, it's exploitative of yeah. everybody i think yeah yeah exactly and it's like it's really we have a model and we're mm -hmm. gonna put it in front of your eyes mm -hmm. and that's why you're gonna go buy the game at least yep. you know the the liam neeson thing first of all it's it's clever it's funny yeah and it makes it has it sort of explains to you what the game is a little bit mm -hmm. in a way that the kate upton one does not but yeah. anyway that's that's besides the point mm -hmm. um 
so I think in in this case, uh, the people who play those very casual those games very casually are the ones who are going to be influenced by that uh, TV ad. Whereas uh, someone who's considering buying um, uh, Mortal Kombat or Bloodborne, he's probably not going to be swayed because he saw an ad with Kate Upton. No. If he's going to buy it, there is going to be a reason for it, and that's not going to be it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, game announcements and delays. Uh, the first one, which is pretty big, and I don't think uh, a lot of people will realize how big it is, it's the fact that Nintendo is going to be bringing Yokai Watch to, to the West. Um, and for those who don't know, Yokai Watch is a sort of a Pokemon equivalent. And okay. it's the biggest thing since Pokemon in Japan. It's it's sold more than anything you can think of. Uh, it's a 3DS title, um, and it's enormous. Uh, it's it's basically you have a watch and you navigate the world of ghosts and stuff like that. The Yokai okay. watch, and um, and it's enormous. And we've all been those who are aware of this game have all been waiting for. The game to come to to the west because it's so big there's no way it's not going to mm-hmm. um and and i'm really looking forward to it it's just you know it's just the announcement that nintendo is going to do it and uh it's going to arrive at some point i'm guessing it's a year away uh but it's pretty big it might be a major title to keep your eye on i hadn't heard of this at all but this sounds re- i'm reading the wikipedia article and it sounds really cool it sounds yeah, yeah i would play this yeah absolutely yeah. Pokemon like the thing is I don't really like Pokemon but again it's one of you know we're so lucky in gaming we have mm-hmm. so many different types of it's almost like food it's almost like cuisine Absolute, yeah you're like this thing looks cool and I've never tried the Nepalese type of food and this and the guys keep you know the the the, the people keep raving about you know the the things they make in I don't know Venezuela and I want to try this and this and this and I want to mm-hmm. like that thing and so I want to try it I want to have a good chance to try that and Yokai Watch is kind of this for uh Pokemon for me I I didn't yeah. get it I I was too old by the time Pokemon became popular and when I've tried it now it just seemed tame um mm-hmm. so i want to maybe yokai watch is going to be better and i i might uh try it as well so uh bloodborne we've talked about it mm-hmm. um so you've you've never played bloodborne you're just playing now the um since you don't have a ps4 you're, you're playing now the the uh dark souls right i'm the, playing the dark souls one. one right now but if i was to pick up a ps4 bloodborne would be why i would do it Oh, really? So you're yes. liking it that much? Yeah, and Bloodborne looks to fix the problems that I do have with Dark Souls, which are, you know, it seems a lot faster, a lot more, a lot less punishing. It Dark. it definitely feels like they took away, they, you know, first of all, the first Dark Souls was very old. Um, well, I yeah. guess the first one was Demon Souls, but... Uh, yes. Um you know, it was really interesting, the, the story of that series. Um, Demon Souls was created... Oh, I'm, I'm forgetting um, the name of the company, uh, God. It's uh, From Software. From Software, yes. Yeah. Um, so they created Demon Souls initially uh, for uh, uh, the PlayStation, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was Namco 
who swooped in and realized there was a potential there. And they yep. said, do the same game, but for us on all platforms. Mm -hmm. And so that, thus the uh, Dark Souls series was born mm -hmm. and they did Dark Souls 1 and 2. And then Sony was like, dude, wait a second. That, that thing looks like it's getting some steam. Come back to us and do yeah. another game exclusively for PS4. And that's how Bloodborne uh, was born. And so they're from software is basically making the same game for like three different companies. And, and, you know, it's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the reviews are, are raving. Uh, it looks, there are a few, uh, issues like the loading time yeah, are, loading are atrocious. Insane. Yeah. Uh, especially for a game where, where you will die a lot. Uh, it's 30 to 40 seconds per load, which is pretty bad, but yes. When you look at the review scores, as much as I dislike review scores, it's, you know, 9 out of 10 everywhere. So, I, I you know, I, I'm going to get it and we'll see if I come back to Pixels bloodied and, and sad and, and crying next time. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Guitar Hero is going to be unveiled on April 14, it seems. So, just a cool. week away. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Actually, you know, I mentioned... Bloodborne would be the one that makes me buy a PS4. If Guitar Hero has exclusive content for a platform, that would be what makes me decide what console I get. Because really? Yeah, because I, I love Guitar Hero. I've played all of them. I've played every rock band. I want a new one, and that will be the one that that is reviewing best on would be what I decide my new console on, I think. Well, I'm fairly sure it's going to be similar on all yeah. consoles unless you know you never know maybe someone is going to pay for exclusive content it's it's very possible i think now i've said that i think the ones that allow custom content best will be where i want to go mm. yeah That's it's very you know it's it's really weird that that series the rhythm games mm -hmm. uh, only uh, six months ago if you had asked anyone are you pining for a new rhythm game? Everyone would have gone like, oh, more plastic instruments? Are you kidding me? Never. I never want to see that again. Yeah. And after leaks and little, you know, stories from different developers and, and you know, stories about Rock Band and Guitar Hero, people have realized that actually, I think everyone has turned around on this question. Everyone yeah. is like, you know what? I would play a Guitar Hero. Yeah, I mean, I think people were saying were saying they don't want one because they they underestimated how much fun they were originally. Yeah, you know, I had the the idea of having your four four of your friends in a room, you're all singing your favorite songs. You know, I do think that that it was kind of like that echo chamber of cynicism. It's like, oh, every, no one likes those plastic instruments, so I shouldn't either. I don't want to buy more, and then it just kind of spiraled into this rhythm game suck. Mm. But then the hype behind getting back into Guitar Hero. I mean, it's been, what, five years since the last one now? Uh, a little bit less, I think, but definitely five years since it's been really popular. Yeah. I mean, five years is a long time for people to come down off that uh, huge uh, oversaturation of the market and be like, hey, yeah, I do want to sit in my room and play Sweet Home Alabama <laughs> to a computer screen now. Yeah. I, I, I actually want to do exactly that. Yep. Um, Batman Arkham Knight has been delayed another three weeks. It will be out on June 23rd, and I cannot, cannot wait. No, it's, me neither. Ah, Batman, I mean, it's a really hard bet uh, 
the Arkham series has been there's such bloat from a gameplay point of view. Mm-hmm. There's such bloat with a system that was brilliant to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the combat system is both, you know, I've I've talked about this for um um Shadow of Mordor, which I mm-hmm. fell back in love with a few a couple of months ago. And um it was <clears throat> It's great on on Shadow of Mordor. The thing is with Arkham, the Arkham series, it started as something fairly understandable. And mm-hmm. with every game, they added special moves and features and all of this. Mm-hmm. And now it's the fourth game with, you know, the, the weird cousin, the third one, the Origins, that we sort of push in a corner and <laughs> don't really mention. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm wondering how they're going to keep it fresh, keep the the legacy of all the old ones and and still provide new things it's it's a real challenge so i'm really looking forward to it but at the mm-hmm. same time i'm a little bit apprehensive i know that yeah. they have this the, you know the bat car how's it called batmobile thank you i like batmobile. that car though <laughs> We're, we've created a, quite a few pretty cool uh, custom names for things today yeah um so i really like the bat car um but the idea of the bad card, but I really hope that they're not just tacking this thing yeah. on the existing system and not changing anything else. Yes. I will say that I think that the fact that it's been delayed, that there have been so many delays this year is really good for the industry. Yeah. It's people, you know, you were talking about cynicism about about plastic instruments, which mm-hmm. I agree. I think it overshadowed the the fun you were actually having with the games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of cynicism about with last year the catastrophic series of of releases from last year have mm-hmm. sort of led people to believe that developers were somewhat well not developers but publishers or that whole ecosystem was semi-evil and that Mm -hmm. people didn't care about the 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 quality of of a game that was released Mm -hmm. of course there are different developers with different you know agendas and not even agendas but uh, 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 they care to different levels about the quality of the game they will be released they no one wants to put out a game that completely sucks but you'll have a, a a different scale of of uh adamantness uh, uh, that the game is perfect uh, with developers, but even from a commercial point of view, at this point, no one really wants their game to be released and to be a, a disaster. So, from that point of view alone, it means I believe that that they're going to care about it a little bit more. And even beyond that, I think they actually don't want to put out a broken game for any reason. So. This is sort of a testament to to this whole thing. They've taken... You can't... The thing is, if a game comes out broken in September, you can't look at your release in October and think, oh, fuck, we're going to delay it because there's too much writing into it at that point. But for the games from 2015, Mm -hmm. you might say, actually, let's get those right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's what what will happen with Arkham Knight. And you're right; it's been delayed a couple of times, and and even a three week delay it means we just need a little bit more time to polish it and make it great. It's not you know changing game systems at this point, but no, it, it's it's bugs and it's making sure that it's optimized. It's making sure yeah. it's going to run well. It's good. So, um, Halo Five, we have a release date, October twenty yes. seventh. 
Um, there are a couple of live action trailers where you see basically Master Chief and another Spartan. Um, the, the two alternate versions of the trailers where in one, Master Chief is coming to the downed Spartan and says something like, oh, I never thought I would ever come, it would ever come to this and shoots him in the face or something. And the other one is reversed. The other Spartan comes to the downed Master Chief and says, oh, I can't believe you betrayed us and killed us all. And the hashtag for that campaign is hunt the truth. And I really hope there's a story element to all of this and that I'm I'm going to be able to dive into that world of Halo that I've never known. And I'm thinking once I finally buy an Xbox One, which I will buy, um, I, I'm going to get the Master Chief Collection. And I hope I get in, sucked into that universe. And I think I'm sort of delusional. And everyone has been telling me there's no story in this game. There is, but it's kind of oh, like... Oh, dude. Is hey, there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the, Halo's, the Halo story is fantastic. Is um, it not like... The the frustrating, we tell you a little bit, you know, again, the lost thing. Like, we tell you a little bit and then nothing comes out of it. Uh, so I've only played the first three. I haven't played four or... um. Actually, no, that's a lie. I have played. I've played one, two, three. I've played a lot of them. I only haven't played four, now I think about okay. it. Um, it's it's all there. I mean, it's definitely, if you think about it, like, in the same way that Star Wars is, you have the, the, the main pro- product and you have the books around it. Um, but Halo 1, 2, and 3 for sure have a distinct beginning and end story, and they're very, very good games. Okay. Well, you're you're giving me hope again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I play through Halo 1 every year for, for, hmm. for the story. Yeah. And it's fantastic. You play through Halo 1 every year? Every year in May. I don't know why <laughs> May, but I play through Halo 1 once a year. Okay. Well, it's coming up. You it know is? what would be would be perfect? Getting an Xbox One with the Master Chief Collection this year. Yeah, month. I want to, but I want to. <laughs> but then make again, sure you're a student. First. Yeah, and there's also that, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear. What did you. I want to make sure the Master Chief Collection works fully before <laughs> I buy it. Well, in that case, you're going to wait for about a year, I think. So. I, I could do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Quantum Break, uh, the new game by Remedy, is also delayed to 2016 so that game was introduced as uh you know in the xbox one uh mm-hmm. presentation at e3 a couple of years ago i think um it's one of the big ones and they're delaying it as well uh and the other thing is the legend of zelda wii u despite assurances that we've had on numerous occasions that it would come out in 2015 uh, it's also being delayed because uh, Aonuma made a video apolog- uh, apologizing to everyone saying, we're sorry, we've uh, realized with the scope of the game, with the open-worldliness open uh, of it, that there are things we can do in a Zelda title and we really want to make it the best we can, uh, we can and explore those gameplay opportunities as much as we can. Uh, so we're delaying it. We don't have a date. We're going to be skipping E3 it feels like it's going to get delayed maybe to... I, I could see a, a holiday 2016 and maybe even later. Um, and again, I think it, it's... If we hadn't had the disastrous holiday season last week, it's a thing that people would have been up in arms about. But now everyone's like, oh, okay, fine, delay it. Just just mm-hmm. make it good. It, I'm fine with it. The only thing about that is I I have no idea what's going to come between. Oh, I mean, I guess they're going they're going to have to announce stuff at E3 because there's nothing between Yoshi's Woolly World and Zelda now. 
It's definitely a tough spot. I mean, there is uh, Star Fox coming out That's at some true. point in you know late summer, I believe. They might delay that to be their big holiday title. But, okay. but you know, I think it's also... It's, I don't think that anyone that would buy a Wii U for Zelda hasn't already bought it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. I, I, there are going to be a few people, obviously, but it's not... It's not like it's going to change the tide for the Wii U. I think there might have been a, a a discussion in the Nintendo offices thinking, you know, saying, you know, whether we put it out in, in end 2015 or end 2016, it's not like we're going to save the Wii U. So let's just do the right thing, as they, they usually do. Mm-hmm. Um. There is one question, though. A lot of people are are wondering if it's going to be a Twilight Princess type of deal where it was initially planned for the GameCube and got delayed so much it ended out coming uh, on GameCube and uh, Wii. Um, And that's a really tough question. I don't... It it might, you know, it might come out in the end on on both consoles. Uh, You know, the next console, the NX, whatever it ends up being, uh, possibly, but... I was wondering if they were going to do something with, like they did with Twilight Princess, where it came out on both the GameCube and the Wii. Yeah, exactly. But then I don't think the Wii U is old enough for that to happen yet. I don't think they would do that. I mean, think about the the bad will they would get from people that bought a Wii U. Well, the thing is, the Wii U is beyond saving at this point. It's, you know, they have to come out with a new system. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the NX, you know, even come out on holiday 2016. It, you know, it's two years away from, you know, it's a, a little bit under a couple of years away. I don't, th- I don't know how long they can keep the Wii U humming. Um, and you know, when did it, when did it come out? It's been a while. Uh, um, 2012, Christmas 2012. Right. So 2016 would become would be four years. That's it's true. a reasonable it's a short life cycle for for a generation for a console but it's not it's not up in arms short i guess that's the eight how long the the gamecube lasted really isn't it i suppose so yeah more or okay. less and yeah. um and and you know it's not like we were starred for for games on wii u we've had all the big titles maybe that's true you know zelda will come out on both I could see it happening. I could also, depending on what that NX end, uh, ends up being, I, th- I could also see it not happen. But mm-hmm. I don't know. And and the last thought I had that I wanted to mention in, on this show was how strong the Xbox uh, seems to be now, um, uh, how, how strong of the, a position it seems to be in for holiday 2015 if nothing new is announced uh, at E3 for for the other manufacturers, because uh, Zelda has been delayed, mm-hmm. uh, Uncharted has been delayed, we've mm-hmm. heard, um, and sure there are you know other titles. There's Star Fox on the Wii U, but that's not even a contender anyway. Uh, mostly there's um, uh, No Man's Sky on the PlayStation Four, which is an exclusive. Um, and maybe they're going to announce other things at E3. It's very possible, uh, but it would need to be pretty big. And I don't see something big enough coming out of the woodwork for to 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 put uh, the PS4 uh, on a 
you know, on a yeah. stronger position compared to the, the Xbox because the Xbox has uh, Tomb Raider, which is an exclusive. And it's, by the way, uh, the reboot wa was the biggest selling title in the franchise, in the Tomb Raider franchise, which is pretty big to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it is a strong uh, contender. Uh, and they also have Halo, obviously, which is we just talked about. The Xbox seems like, if nothing changes, which it might, but it seems like it's in a great place to um, to to win the holiday season. Especially, uh, we've heard rumors of a slim version being announced at E3. That'd be so, cool. I think a lot of people, myself included, and now I'm definitely going to wait for E3 to see if they announce it. Sure, and yeah. If they do, that's just automatic okay i'm i'm getting it now you know a slimmed version if if they can <laughs> remove the horrible power brick and the gigantic mm -hmm. noisy machine it's not as noisy as the Xbox 360 but the power brick alone is a is a deterrent to buying the machine so yeah slim version i it would be the 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 click that would make me buy it instantly so. yeah this does seem like the year of the x or the this does seem like the holiday season of the xbox i mean i just you mentioned what Tomb Raider sold? It looks like Tomb Raider sold 8.5 million copies, which is insane. Yeah, it's it's pretty big for a uh, for for you know it's it's definitely a big game. And I remember Square Enix was kind of saying, "Oh, we're disappointed about console sales a while ago," which in a quarter that included Tomb Raider. But <laughs> I guess it lived on word of mouth, and it ended up since it was such an excellent game. Um, it ended up selling pretty well on the long tail. And, yeah. Uh, Although that, I do guess it did have two releases as well. I guess so. Yeah, you're right. There was the definitive edition on on the new generation, um, but it's not the only game that that had that. No, that's very um, true. And and I think it it's gained. Um, you know, usually when you get games that really explode, new IPs that really explode, they mm -hmm. they usually explode by the second. Uh, game That's by true. the second iteration. The first yeah. games are usually setting up, up the concepts and getting people familiar with the IP and with the type of game. And the second game is a refinement of that uh, concept of the gameplay elements, although arguably Tomb Raider is really just Uncharted, but, you know, still. Yeah. Um, and, the, and they refine it, they make it an excellent version of that first draft, and they have the goodwill and uh, awareness of that initial, you know, that first release. And the people who bought it and enjoyed it, who and that's a lot of people in this case, are coming back for more. And the people who didn't get on the train of the first one often think you know what i'm gonna give it a try with the second one and sometimes even by the first one as well but i'm gonna give it a try with the second one get on that train see how good it is of course it depends on the quality of that second game um if it manages to iterate and improve on that first one uh it can it can create a, a really strong title and that's what i'm hoping for did you play the first one i yeah i loved it it's, Are you an Uncharted fan? Uh, I played Uncharted 1. I didn't play the other two. Uh, I would oh. say it's okay. So, see, that's the same thing. Um, Uncharted 1 was that... It was a good game, but it was a first draft kind yeah, of situation. Yeah, I've heard Uncharted 2 is is the best one for sure. S oh, spectacular. I mean, I don't know how, how it's aged. Uh, mm -hmm. But Uncharted 2 was at the time... When was it? Two, 
2009, I think. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, it was... I mean, there are some mind-blowing action scenes in that game, and it's just so well-acted, and so... I love that game to bits. Um, anyway, and, and you know, Tomb Raider was... It was so silly at times, and so yeah. the story was really convoluted and kind of dumb, and there was some silly moments, but it just left me with a great feeling of a... I don't know. I loved it, so... Yeah. And I guess that is going to be it for our show. That's a show. That's a wrap. Um, uh, <laughs> I think I have one small little story. Oh, please go ahead. About a game announcement, which is coming up on the 17th. Okay. Um, they're supposed to be showing uh, Star Wars Battlefront at uh, Star Wars Celebration this year. Yeah, I'm... You know, I'm. I haven't be, really been following Star Wars Battlefront. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm not a Battlefield fan. But uh, mm-hmm. that's yeah. It could be. I don't know. Why is it a big deal for you? Because Star Wars. Oh man, Star Wars Battlefront is probably the game I put most into when I was young. It's ah. the fact that there hasn't been one for so long, and that it it just feels so. I'm just really excited for it. I know it shouldn't be because I don't really think EA does very many i don't really like what ea does and battlefields oh while i enjoy battlefield it's okay but for some reason just the whole the whole hype machine around it has really started <laughs> like getting me excited i'm really excited for it so how how is it different from a you know it's not just a battlefield with a star wars skin on it oh it is that's basically oh. what it is oh okay <laughs> um but but i mean battle battlefront 2 had modes where you played as heroes as well so you play as darth vader versus luke skywalker or you or like super high scale space battles where you were flying X wings and attacking uh, star destroyers. It just, you know, it's it's large scale Star Wars battles where you're not playing as a Jedi, which is what you're always doing in a Star Wars game. Mm. So it's basically the the spirit of Battlefield with the large scale, um, yeah, fights yeah. and war zone type things, maps. Um, yeah. And and I get you get I guess you get the like is it Hoth that's the snow planet yeah yeah like, like with the with the 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 what is it eighty eight eighty eighties yeah 80s, so you like get yeah. to be boots on the ground in the Battle of Hoth and it's just, it feels really immense and awesome hmm. I'm I'm I, excited for this unveiling for sure I guess I'm you know I could be excited but I'm waiting for reports yeah. to tell me that it's cool because I never played the one before, so mm-hmm. the previous version. Um, yeah, so that's going to be at a Star Wars convention on the 17th, so yes. if you're excited about that, uh, we'll have reports for you on the next show, but I'm sure you'll hear a lot about it uh, uh, before that. Alright, cool. Thank you very much, James. Um, no problem. Thank you for having me. That is going to be it for us. Uh, before we leave, James, can you tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Atty Yagovos on Twitter. That is I-Y-A-G-O-V-O-S and uh, at www.indie-love.com, which is my indie game site. Excellent. Thank you very much, sir. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, and you can also find the uh, show on the website frenchspin.com. You'll find another show there, which you might enjoy. Um, and if you... If you 
are so inclined, if you enjoy the show, uh, if you could please take a couple of minutes and uh, comment uh, the, the podcast, put a comment and a, a rating on the podcast on iTunes. Um, we're sort of a, a young show still, and uh, we're growing. And I think it would be pretty cool if we could get a little bit more visibility. And one of the best ways of doing that is to get comments on iTunes, still, even though it doesn't have the um, visibility that... Um, uh, that uh, uh, it used to have the iTunes store back in the day. Uh, a couple of comments I'd like to uh, mention here. Um, one, So the first one is uh, one from Rogue Hunter that says, Patrick talks too much. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit old. It's uh, from December last year. And I just wanted to say I've uh, gotten that piece of feedback from more than one person and um, I th I've tried to address it and I took it at heart. I don't just take, you know, random feedback from random people so uh, seriously. <laughs> but uh, I've heard this from more than one person. And I think I've really tried to uh, correct that behavior. I sort of realize it myself. I, I have a tendency to, to, you know, overtake the entire show and not let anyone talk. And Part of it is because I try to always explain everything about the topic before we discuss it. So yeah. obviously that takes a little bit more time right yeah, you're the anchor you can't you can't not explain stories yeah. and that that's the big part of doing a new show you sure. have to have the anchor explain the stories and especially because my show i usually try to make them accessible for mm -hmm. even people who are haven't been following um the, those stories so that's part of it but definitely i was uh, eating up everyone else's uh talking space so i i've really tried to address that issue so i hope rogue hunter uh you've now you know you were somewhat uh, satisfied with my new uh, entering style. Yeah. Uh, but it was very valuable think feedback. So thank you very much for that. And uh, if you um, if you can, if you're still listening to the show, if you can come and, and uh, put a comment on the website on frenchspin.com to let me know if you think I've improved, I would very much appreciate it. Um, there's a, 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 someone who uh, dropped my show because I made a comment on the Tea Party on another show uh, about, yes, three oh, no. or four months ago. Um, it was a, a comment made, you know, uh, backhandedly, and I, I, <laughs> I've since apologized for it, but it was, it was funny that someone would go to the length of actually comment on iTunes to say that he would <laughs> drop my show because of a comment. Anyway, it was, it was fun. But, you know, it's your, you're right. Old, more power to you. It's fine. Uh, but then we also have a couple of, of uh, pretty good comments. Um, uh, Elon DPT says, really enjoy the educated insight. Uh, thanks, Patrick, for the inside look on the video game industry. Have enjoyed you on both the instance and Overwatchers. So chose to check out this show and was not let down. And uh, Death Mom Lover, there's some... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's some... Um, some uh, uh, goth... Uh, theme going there I think I'm thinking it makes me think of Death Cab for mm -hmm. Cutie um, he says fantastic he or she says uh, fantastic uh, very cool intelligent look into gaming news with a French accent I really 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 like it thank you very much Death Mom Lover there's a few other there um, thank you very much for that um, for those comments I, I really try and bring a uh, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, try to bring a sort of uh, look from uh, the inside or at least around the industry with a, a little bit of uh, analysis of, of the news reaching behind the news, as we said at the beginning mm -hmm. of the show. And uh, it's very cool to, to see that people are, are digging that aspect of it. So um, st as I was saying, very much a young show still. We're trying 
trying to find our, our footing and exactly what works and doesn't. And we'll keep improving the show. So uh, again, if you think it's worth it, uh, a comment or uh, a, a, a rating on the iTunes store or somewhere else um, would go a long way. So thank you very much for that. Thank you very much, James, for participating in the show and, and uh, dealing with my incessant blabbering. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed doing this show. I really enjoyed talking games with you, Patrick. Thank you so much for being on. I had a lot of fun. And we'll do it again soon. And for everyone else, we will be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.